Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Diver Debrief, your weekly plunge into the world of scuba. And this week, for episode four, it's tool time. We're going to be talking about scuba diving equipment. And as always, we are brought to you by Waterfront Diving Center. Train, equip, explore. Vermont's diving headquarters. And now it's time for Diver Debrief. scuba diving podcast diver debrief your weekly plunge into the world of scuba and this week for episode four it's tool time we're going to be talking about scuba diving equipment and to my right is the amazing extraordinary fantastic instructor scuba extraordinaire sheila cooley hey divers and uh just so happens that we got back from an equipment expo in secaucus new jersey beneath the sea yeah it was such a great trip learned so much Saw all the new and fascinating things going on and got to see all the new equipment. And I got to meet Jean-Michel Cousteau. Oh my gosh, I was starstruck. I'm not going to lie. And I don't usually get starstruck. There was the International Film Festival. We got to see the equipment. There were workshops. I even got to meet a couple of people that dove in Cuba. And uh, there's a husband-wife photography team. And... They actually are letting, going to let us interview them in a couple of weeks. I'm very excited about that one. Yeah, there's a lot of good interviews that came out from the show as well. We talked to folks um, about what they're doing, what equipment they have. So I'm really excited to share that with our listeners as well. Yeah, we have equipment interviews. We have interviews with famous divers, all sorts of awesome stuff. And this week, we're going to share an interview from a gentleman by the name of Ross. And he works for Aqualung. And he's got all sorts of cool equipment that he's going to talk to us about. Absolutely. Yeah. Aqualung's been uh, a leader in dive equipment for years. So uh, why not start with them? That sounds pretty good. But right now I'm feeling like I want to listen to some 80s music and I'm feeling like I want to hear fine young cannibals. Let's do it. I said I wasn't going to do it, and then I said I was going to do it, and then I cannot it's a great song. This is kind of like, I'm, if you haven't been able to tell yet, um, I kind of try to go with a musical theme each week, and um, so anyways, this week is 80s. 80s. Oh, totally. Yeah, Retro, baby. You got it. So, all right, we're talking about tool time, scuba gear, what to get, when to get it, and for our diving fundamentals segment, I guess my question is, and this is true, I almost have my open water certification. 
and I'm hoping to get kitted out. You know, get the get the gear. I'm gonna go scuba diving. I got this new license to 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 scuba dive. What equipment do I need? Um, and and then maybe we'll talk about the cost afterwards. But I mean, what's the first uh, few things that I should be picking up? Uh, definitely, we recommend that all divers have at least mass fin snorkel and booties. Uh, that's a great place to start. Right it's also the same equipment you need for snorkeling, so you get two for one, which is really fantastic. And I did, I will tell you, like, I did get a mask, and I know, like, for the class that I'm taking, there are masks that uh, Waterfront Diving Center provides, which are great. They're totally adequate masks, no problem. But once you get a mask and you figure out what you like and you get it fitted to your head, you're like, whoa, this is this is mine. It's like a pair of shoes. Like, it fits well. This is, works for me. And then I actually forgot. <laughs> I forgot my mask last week. And I had to use one of the rentals. And I was like, oh, man, this is awful. It was the worst. Yeah, you don't know what you're missing until you get it. And then it's worse. I know. And then it's gone. It's like, wait a second. I forgot Ignorance my mask. Oh, man. <laughs> I almost said goggles. Not goggles. It's a mask. Okay, so... Mass fin snorkels and and how much is that going to cost? How's that? How much is that going to run me? I mean, masks really range in price um, from anywhere from about thirty dollars up to ninety dollars. Can be even more than that. Um, and the snorkel usually around twenty five to thirty. Um, so you could get a mask and snorkel um, for under a hundred dollars and really high quality, safe, you know, tempered glass, silicone. Skirt, so you don't want just like the plastic junk that you can pick up at any old store. Right, you don't want that, and actually, you can't dive with it if it's just the plastic plastic on the uh, for the lens. Oh, right on. Okay. Yeah. So let's say um, we're talking about scuba masks, and it is one of the most important pieces of scuba gear. Um, how do I pick the right one? How do I know? Like, all right, this is the one for me. Yeah, I know this is probably something we're going to get to later, but um, it's really important that you try on your mask. Uh, you can try it on without the strap. Put it against your face. Breathe in through your nose. You shouldn't hear any air coming in as you're inhaling. And while you're inhaling, you should be able to look down at the floor and the mask would stay sealed onto your face. Uh, that's to say that if you try to buy something online... You may not get a. You may get an ill-fitting mask, and the fit is really the most important fit and comfort. So this is, I mean, this is something where you want to go to a dive shop and check it out. Yeah, if possible, that's definitely what I recommend. One thing I did notice with some of the students in the class is the hair. Mm. So, like, you know, getting the right seal is kind of difficult if you have hair coming between you and the skirt. Yeah, absolutely. If you've got long hair and it's coming down into the skirt on you know, on the sides or on the top, you want to make sure your good dive buddy can let you know to good get that out of the way. Good dive buddy. Good dive buddy. <clears throat> and for men that've got facial hair, they do make a thing called mass seal and that will uh, you can put that on there to kind of improve the seal along the bottom of the skirt. Right on. So what if I wear glasses? And now I got this mask mm. on. I need to like, I mean, and not just like, I I just have glasses to read, but I need glasses to see. Sure, yeah, definitely common problem, and and uh, can be solved pretty easily. You can wear contacts. If you don't wear contacts, you can get a prescription mask. The cost does go up. Um, you know, it's usually around two hundred dollars, um, two hundred fifty dollars, depending if you need. That's actually uh, less expensive than a real pair of glasses. Yeah, and you just need to wear your mask to work. 
<laughs> all the time. Just walk around with your scuba mask on. You look pretty rad. And you can even get bifocals, which can help those that need to read their gauges when they're scuba diving. Okay. So, you know, the past couple of years, there's been the phenomenon of the mustache. And I've had friends before call the mustache the crustache. But what if what if I'm in love with my mustache, right? You can leave it. Just use the mask seal. Okay. Yeah. And so it will still seal over yeah, my... Yeah, you might get a little bit more water than you're, you normally, um, you know, but as long as you know how to clear your mask, which you learn in your open water course, and you get comfortable breathing, having a little water against your nose, then yeah, you should be fine. All right, solid. So how much, or not how much would it cost, but let's say we're going to buy some scuba gear and I want to get it off Craigslist. Is that a good idea? Bad oh, idea? yeah. Use gear. You know, scuba diving is not an inexpensive sport, and so we definitely understand we want to, you want to kind of build up your gear slowly, or you want to do it um, in an affordable way. And it is a sport where people get out of it, so they want to sell their used gear. A uh, couple things, you know, warnings about used gears. You want to make sure it's um, good quality, that it can be serviced. There are some things that just can't be serviced anymore. Certain brands um, that have gone out of business, they're not selling parts anymore. Um, or maybe it's sometimes cheaper in the long run to go with the new stuff that is under warranty so that you don't have to pay for parts as you go uh, forward each year um, for the annual service. So there are lots of things to consider. Um, and sometimes, you know, you get like a lemon if you get something oh, used. So right, right, right. you, you got to know what you're doing when you're buying used gear. Um, we do have some consignment. Some shops have consignment, you know, but you got to do your research. So maybe it's a good idea to once again go to the dive shop, talk to them, see, you know, because you guys will hook them up with people that are getting rid of their used gear. And- yeah, we will. And, um, you know, it's. Um, it is best, you know, to get maybe not, maybe not a used mask. Okay, so you know, I was just but... going to ask, like, <laughs> like, is there a piece of equipment that you definitely do not want to get used? And you know, maybe if it's brand new, that's fine. But otherwise, the um, mask is like this yeah, is your mask. You want a good fitting mask, and you don't want to just get it because it was only five bucks. Right on, right on. Um, so what else do we want to discuss here? So the booties, the fins, mm. you know, like what. After that core group of gear, um, for me, I, what I recommend to my students, and this is totally just my opinion, and there may be, there's definitely instructors out there. A lot of opinions, would, right? Yeah, a lot of opinions on this. Um, I recommend getting a computer and a regulator. Computer, um, okay, okay. Dive computer. Um, it's small, it's easy to travel with, and it's really going to give you a lot of information. It'll give you your time, your depth, your no decompression limit. Um, and that's really that's a, those are three pieces of critical information that you need while diving. Um, then also the regulator, you know, it's what's it's your life saving equipment and it's really um, life support equipment and that's uh, really important. So, you know, you, there's a you all regulators work if they're in good you know serviceable and all that stuff, but uh, it's like driving you know a, a beater. Versus driving, driving <laughs> a Cadillac. It's something that's good, yes. Yeah, it's a com- more comfortable ride. And you're, you're going to know. You're going to no, know. You'll notice the difference. Yeah, right on. But not the BCD. Mm. BC definitely is a great choice. Not B- um, is it BCD or BC? Oh, either one, yeah. Okay, all right. right. But BC, Buoyancy oh, compensator device. device. Yeah, okay, right on. Yeah, see, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> so um, what about uh, wetsuits? And <clears throat> Yeah, absolutely. Wetsuits are a great one. I mean, so there's equipment. two 
uh, types of divers. This is a joke that has been gone, going, gone around the industry for a while, the two types of divers. Those that pee in their wetsuits and those that lie about it. <laughs> That's the best joke I've ever heard. So you, you want to <laughs> you want to be peeing in your wetsuit, oh, okay. not a rental. Okay, and those that lie about it. All right, folks, so... There you go. <laughs> you need a little incentive to get your own. Now, I've heard, like, you, you carry a knife. Like, is that an essential piece of equipment? That is a pretty basic piece of equipment. Um, there's lots of different types of knives. I personally have a knife and um, just, like, a small blade. And then I also have a line cutter, which is actually probably what I use most underwater is to cut fishing line. Right, because it's, I mean, you know, there's a lot of junk down there. Yeah, there's a little bit of debris. Yeah, yeah right on. Okay, interesting. So, um, I think we've covered a lot of information here. We're going to come back around to diving fundamentals when it comes to new gear. Um, but this seems to be a pretty good stopping point here. And I think we should uh, maybe hear some more music. What do you think? Yeah, what are we going to go for? I think we're going to go with Rio. Oh. Duran Duran. <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> together our gear preparing for a little dive in the mines and uh maybe take us about 30 minutes to set everything up and jump in i didn't really say who john was john is a former olympian bobsledder and he's also sheila cooley's uh one of many of her dive buddies but they do a lot of technical diving together and our podcast this week is all about equipment and so there's a lot of specialized equipment when you do cave diving. Is that correct, John? That's true. We have a, a common theme that's redundancy. We want to make sure we have enough equipment for not only us, but our buddies in any possible scenarios. Because in an overhead diving environment, a cave environment, you do not have the option of just quickly ascending if you have a problem. And so we have to have enough equipment that's reliable and set up in a way that we can easily use it and deploy it in, a, in an emergency scenario. That's a great connection to last week's podcast. We talked about different certifications in scuba. And, you know, the two main categories that we focused on were recreational and technical. And recreational, of course, being you got to have immediate access to the surface. So if you have a problem, you can, you can go up. You can... Uh, in- in open water diving, you can just quickly ascend if you have an issue, whereas in, in cave diving, like I stated earlier, you cannot quickly ascend, and so that's why we have such an emphasis on our gear and equipment. Um, there's a lot more prep time in the technical side of diving just because you need to make sure this is your life support system, and you need to make sure everything is properly oriented so you can uh, access it and use it with ease. 
I noticed you have way different regulators set up than say I would use in my open water. You have the uh, you got two black ones, whereas I got like a black one and that yellow octopus thing. This is true. Uh, what we do is we have dual tanks, twin tanks on our back. They're connected via a manifold. And so in an emergency scenario, we have a regulator, a second stage regulator coming off of each tank individually. And so in an emergency scenario, you can uh, isolate your tanks and breathe off one tank or the other. Um, whereas in a normal diving scenario, you only have the option of two regulators off the one tank. Um, also, the little variation to our gear setup is our our backup regulator is hung around a necklace on our neck. It's called a necklace. Yeah, so it's uh, of ease of access. So if I were to need it, um, it's right there. And it's more set up for uh, buddy sharing, whereas our, our main primary hose we breathe off of is seven feet long in a minimum. And that is draped around my neck and into my mouth. So if my buddy were to need air, I would donate my long hose, seven foot hose. That way you can either travel in tandem or uh, single file if you need to through a cave system. And so I would share my primary uh, regulator and I have my backup right there on my necklace, which never leaves. I know exactly where it is at all times. You're definitely an army guy. For sure. You sound like it too, which is good. I mean, that works for me. Definitely. So I'm curious though. So like, how did you even get into this diving stuff, sir? Uh, I was living in Florida for undergraduate degree, and uh, while I was down there, I just was interested in diving. And I started open water diving, and we did a little bit of ocean diving. And I just realized that um, I said, you know, this is fun, but I'm kind of bored. And so I started. <laughs> Only an Olympian, right? Yeah, I started exploring the technical side, and I told. Uh, I remember telling my instructor, "Oh, I'm never going to do caves. Never going to do caves." And he took me in a cavern environment, which you can still see daylight, but you're in an overhead environment. And I just remember a weird tickle in my system, and I said, "You know, whatever." this feeling is it's for me and so here i am now jumping in a mine it's 38 degrees um exploring some old tunnels in uh, vermont in march right like it's cold outside like i mean it's not horrible i mean it was like eh, 55 degrees yesterday but it's not it's not super warm out here and uh you know not you dive with sheila of course yeah <laughs> which is which is pretty rad how did you start doing that how did you get involved with uh, diving with this maniac sheila cooley well, she is a maniac. That's a correct statement. No, uh, she's a great buddy. I actually showed up. Uh, there's, there's, I guess diving's less popular up in the north than it is down in the south. Yeah, I wonder why. Yeah, I know. A little bit colder. You have to be a little more of extreme personality to like it up here. The tickle in your tummy. Yeah, that tickle here in the north. So I showed up at the dive shop she works at up in Vermont to get my tanks filled. And I showed up with this tech gear. And she, I remember, looked at me and she said, hi, I'm Sheila. Who are you? Where are you diving? And that kind of that worked. And we both talked about cave certifications we both have some basic cave certifications so we met up here for our first dive yeah, we did. Um, under a year ago yeah. and then since then we've done a road trip to florida to go cave diving i think we ate a lot of hot dogs i heard yes yeah, yeah we did a lot of camping and diving in florida in the caves and hot dogs and oreos it's the key to not getting decompression sickness is oreo <laughs> oreos and there's absolutely no scientific model behind this but we're we're looking to start a spoof one that Oreos uh, drastically reduce your rate of decompression illness while diving. I wonder if different flavors have different effects though. Like if you have the mint Oreos versus like the birthday cake. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, we'll have to. We'll definitely yeah, have to test that. Stuff. You know, is it a ratio cookie to cream <laughs> filling? It, uh... Hey Oreo, Oreo, Nabisco. Just remember, diver debrief. Send checks to diverdebrief at gmail.com. They're saying. And we would just like to stipulate: there's absolutely no science. This is completely <laughs> BS. But <laughs> uh, but we enjoy it. You know, you got to have jokes in diving. So Nice. So I noticed you got a lot of equipment. You're getting set up. You're getting ready to go. As is Sheila. I'm excited. Everyone's excited. And maybe we'll talk to you guys after you do your cave. 
Yeah. This is exciting stuff. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, this is the week of 80s music, so maybe I feel like a little Genesis is in order. Oh, perfect. I can't say his last name. <laughs> and we're talking about equipment. He's with Aqualung and Apex, correct? Yep, that's correct. And you were talking gear. So what do you have here, Ross, that's new and interesting and fascinating and cool? Well, one of the big things for Aqualung this year, we're launching our all-new instrumentation line. So we've got the, the new i450T wireless watch. We've also got our new i550. That's an air-integrated console. And uh, that one, really popular at this show. We've got big numbers on that guy and uh, of course you got a backlight and an optional quick disconnect so that you can take the uh, computer in your house and download your dives without your wet regulator getting everything all uh, <laughs> all soaked in your uh, computer room there nice interesting and uh, what else do we have that's new that Aqualung is coming out with well one of the other big things at this show uh, BTS is certainly uh, one of the colder water shows that we do and uh, so we have our new side mount harness from Apex. That's the WSX45. Is this this thing with the white uh, fins over here? Yeah, we've got them displayed with our RK3 white. It's real popular in uh, especially low visibility environments like we get in the Northeast sometimes. So you can always see your buddy with white. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, everybody wants to look like a Navy SEAL, dude. Like, <laughs> I, you know, Sheila and I were talking about it. We need to see the neon yellow come back, like the 80s <laughs> style. Bring it, bring it back orange and stuff purple yeah we got a lot of it on the uh, public safety side where visibility is real real key but uh, you'll everybody be... else wants to look like a Navy SEAL yeah yeah exactly but man if you're all black underwater it's real tough for your buddy to spot you that's exactly sure. and uh, <laughs> it's actually real funny we got a ton of photographers using the white fins to set their white balance on their cameras makes sense hey work smart not hard yeah, exactly so the uh, the WSX 45 that side mount wing one of the neat things about it, a lot of people, especially diving the uh, wrecks off New Jersey, 25 pounds of lift on a side mount was just not enough. So 45 pounds, that's a new one for this year. And uh, we're real excited. Apex is uh, flexibility through modularity. And this one, certainly very modular system. And uh, we've had the chance to kind of think about it and uh, really come out with something very special that uh, divers have really appreciated this week. So we got the harness, we got the new computer setup thing. Anything else that's new? Uh, the other thing we've been talking a lot about here at the show is our Fusion dry suit line. Okay, I was wondering about that. I was kind of checking that out earlier. It looks pretty rad. 
Yeah, basically the Fusion, it combines the best bits of a wetsuit and a dry suit together. Uh, the suit itself keeps you totally dry, but basically it has a stretch layer on the outside of it, so it sucks in the dry suit close to the diver, and it dives a lot more like a wetsuit than a dry suit. Because it's not as big and bulky? Exactly. It's very streamlined, and uh, we make it with a variety of outer shells. Um, we have even suits that start as low as $9.99 as well, so obviously divers looking for a deal here at the show, we're doing pretty well. Nice. Now, does this require special training? I mean, do you need to be dry suit trained to be using this suit? Yeah, I mean, generally, anytime you're getting in a new piece of equipment, it's good to get a good amount of training, especially when it's a dry suit. Um, diving dry is certainly a great great part of the sport, but it does require a little bit of extra training. Uh, so don't just go out there and do it. Yeah, it's something you want to talk to your local dive shop about, and they'll be able to point you in the right direction. All right, I, ho I hope um, our ichthymologist, Dr. Ellen Marsden, heard that because she talked about in our last podcast on conservation how maybe maybe she got her dry suit and maybe she didn't quite get trained properly how to do it <laughs> yeah definitely a dry suit course is uh, certainly in the cards if you plan on you know doing it regularly any other pieces of equipment or gear you want to talk about Ross you know I, I think that uh, pretty much covers uh, the highlights for our beneath the sea show this weekend but uh, certainly you know check out aqualung.com we've got tons of information videos all kinds of good stuff on the website and also have a dealer locator so if any customers out there can uh, punch their zip code in and find their local dive shop excellent any other twitter feeds instagrams facebooks yeah check us out we're uh, aqualung divers all over the uh, the web social web as well as uh, you know social media across the board Awesome. Thanks so much, Ross. Uh, it's been a pleasure. You guys enjoy the show. Rick Astley, you beautiful red-headed singing man. I love you so much. I'm never going to give you up, and I'm never going to tell a lie to you. You're not going to sing for us? Never going to give you up, never going to let you down. No, I, I, <laughs> okay. There's a lot of singing going on in this podcast this week. So, anyways, great podcast, great equipment talks. Ross had some great information from Beneath the Sea, and we have plenty of other interviews to share over the next months. So much information, and we also have other interviews set up from going to Beneath the Sea. What a great expo. I'm really looking forward to going to it next year, but we do need to wrap this podcast up, and I think the best way to do that is to talk about the importance of the local dive shop, much like when I used to fish when I was a kid, you go to the local tackle shop and you talk to people and you get information and you get your tackle and you also figure out where the best fishing shops or fishing spots are. You know, the local dive shop, super important, right, Sheila? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we're all really busy and online shopping is really easy. And super easy. Yeah. yeah. Hey, let's go on Amazon. But... Um, <laughs> 
there's a lot there's a local movement in Vermont to yes. um to everyone wants to buy local and that's fantastic <sighs> and here's some reason why you should buy local um, from your dive shop yeah seriously what are some good reasons that you got to buy local from your dive shop I think the most obvious one is to say fit and comfort you get to try it on see what's working for you actually get to feel the equipment put it on your face try the mask on try the wetsuit on whatever it is you're buying and I can attest to that from personal experience yesterday I went into the shop and I'm looking at some wetsuits and fins and all this stuff because I'm getting kitted up and I tried on a wetsuit and had I not been in the shop to try on the wetsuit and I would have just ordered something online I would have ordered something else that would have you know had good reviews and all that but it wouldn't have worked for me and I'm glad that I tried it on in the shop and I tried on one that um, I, I had people give me advice like this is yep that's the one that's the one that you want and um, I was super happy that I did that so I, I totally co-sign on that statement um, I'd say next is you get that knowledgeable staff that were able to help you so we really do uh, work hard to know what's up and coming what works um, we try stuff out of the time so we're trying to stay um, as informed as possible about Ooh. all the gear that we what that we're selling nice segue the knowledge base, totally. And when we went to Beneath the Sea, there was a huge group of people that, that came from the shop. Instructors, people that work on the equipment, yep. maintenance people. It was a, quite the crowd. How many people do you think we had? Yeah, we had about seven folks come down, and I'd yeah. say about a four of them were working at the shop. So That's right. And then yeah. there were a few folks that were there. there I was one of the tagarounds, too. And, I mean, it wasn't just the expo. There were also seminars and there was a lot of academics and and um i'm really happy that i got to sit in on some of this stuff is super cool yeah i mean this is a gear intensive sport i mean vermont we've got skiing there's some other things that you know and there there are folks that were we are using this equipment we're we're getting our hands on it and we're we're really um trying to know what's going to work for you and can help you make that decision so what else about buying online versus buying at the local dive shop well i'd say um we have a great poster in our shop but um it's a computer hooked up to a tank um, via usb port but um you can't get your fills online (laughs) you mean i can't just plug it into my computer and fill fill up my tank with my computer i can do everything else with my computer yeah exactly um and so you know we're not keeping the doors open with air fills now there's more to it than that right yeah absolutely so it's with the equipment sales and with the instruction that we're able to create this community of divers now there is a community of divers but just to go back to my wetsuit i know that it was mentioned to me that i actually have a warranty on that thing for like 10 years or something on the zipper absolutely henderson offers like this 10-year warranty but if you buy online yeah you don't always get those warranties from online distributors or they're limited especially like you do craigslist or something like that you got no warranties no definitely somebody's stuff yeah absolutely and a lot of times the online manufacturers are not or online distributors are not authorized dealers so they don't get the same returns and they and the same warranties that we do at the dive shops as my grandfather would say folks cheap is cheap Right? Cheap is cheap. So this community, though, so going back to that, thinking yeah. of this, you know, it's the clubhouse. It's this place that you go to, you talk diving, you get into it, and it's a community. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we run activities. We're um, going out and doing charters. We're doing trips, um, vacations. So it's a, fu- it's a hub. It's a center of diving, and that's true at any of your local dive shops. People just come and hang out at the shop. Right, and so it's not just local diving, which is totally awesome. You know, you get the information. You go, oh, I want to go on Lake Champlain, go check out all these wrecks, and there are so many, like, wrecks 
historical wrecks too to go check out super exciting stuff but you can also get a crew of people together and head out go on a trip you went to bonaire we're going to key largo in a month like hello so much fun yeah absolutely so it's you know it you we get phone calls all the time so i'm going to grand cayman what should i know or i get an email i'm going down to cozumel where do you recommend? So we're happy to do that, and we're happy to share the information. And you share get the all information, that. and then arrange the trip as like a group. And and I know that you guys get some pretty good rates too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we get those group discounts, and we try to book in advance. To you take book advantage in advance, of that. get group discounts, making pretty good deals, and it's a win-win for everybody. So, yeah, yeah I think we. We kind of covered this whole topic. All yeah, around. absolutely. I'd say you know really consider buying local when you can. Yeah, it makes sense. So uh, that's the end. There you go. Support your local (laughs) shop and get your gear there. So that's kind of the end of this equipment podcast. Um, And uh, for all my friends out there, I would say make sure you have your tanks inspected once a year. Be a good dive buddy and have fun out there. Bye.